Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Cybersecurity News Bite, episode number 68 for September 11th, 2023. Red Team Tools Used to Steal NTLM Hashes. New Apple Zero Days. Actively Exploited Android Zero Days. And Chinese Hacker Steals Microsoft Signing Key. Welcome back to the show, everyone. So glad to be back. Took some time off for some vacation and getting the kids ready back for school. But we're back now. We should be on a weekly schedule. Though, knowing myself, I have a feeling that we're going to be just a little delayed in getting this one out this week. It'll probably come out like a Tuesday or so. But uh, it, it's coming out and then they should come back out again on Mondays as usual. So the first story I want to talk about this week is... Um, Tools that we use to um, protect our own environments, red team tools. Well, hackers are now using them because they work. Uh, <clears throat> and this is why you should always, one, red team your own environment. If you don't have an internal red team, you should always go out and hire a red team to come in and kind of poke holes in your environment to find out where the problems are. So there's a prop, uh, a, a, a popular tool that is used um called Nishang's uh, Start Capture Server. It's a PowerShell script that has a whole bunch of different functionality used to it. And it's used by red teams to test, you know, environments. Well, it was pretty interesting was this last week, Zscaler's Threat Labs uh, has detected a new cyber attack campaign. They're calling it Steal uh, hyphen it, Steal it. Um, and it's leveraging this, this popular red team tool to, to do malicious things. And it's not necessarily the exact tool uh, out of the box. It is um, something that is uh, customized to the the attackers. Um, and once again, if you don't know, uh, Nishang's is a collection of PowerShell scripts. It is a PowerShell script, but there's a whole bunch of other PowerShell scripts and payloads um, that teams are using to, you know, test and verify that their environment is, uh, is safe. And... One of the things this tool can do is grab the hash files for passwords for user accounts. And they're using this tool with another tool called Mockbin. Uh, Mockbin, um, they're using the API for it to kind of um, exfil those hashes out to a server where they can sit there and uh, run their cracking tools against it without uh, hopefully being caught. Now, like every attack, this attack begins with phishing emails that are used, um, that have zip files to it. <clears throat> now, in this campaign, it's kind of interesting because the attackers seem to be using five different methods to compromise systems. As I said, one of them is being the uh, NTLM hash stealing uh, infection chain, which employs a custom um, script, PowerShell script, to harvest those, those hashes and get them off the environment. Uh, there's another one where there is a system info-stealing infection chain, uh, which actually, funny thing, utilizes OnlyFans. You know, that website with all the um, scantily dressed people. Uh, if you are Australian, uh, they're using this OnlyFans uh, fake email so that you uh, download a, uh, a command file, a CMD file, uh, that steals your system information. Now, 
there is another one for Ukrainian and Russian uh, people uh, who use Fansly, which is a very similar site to OnlyFans. Um, they they use uh, Fansly uh, and pictures of Fansly models. I, and I don't know if Fansly is in the same realm as um, nude stuff, but I'm going to make the assumption it is. So it uses pictures of these models to entice um, uh, Ukrainian, Russian, Polish users into downloading a, uh, a file that, once again, grabs all your data and moves it out. And if you're in Belgium, uh, there is a fake Windows update script uh, that they get that runs commands like task list and system info uh, and moves it out. Now, I should say... Uh, the last one, that Windows Update Infection Chain, is similar to an attack that um, Ukraine's um, CERT team called back out in May of 2023. Uh, so it looks like they're kind of um, reusing some of the same information. Now, I will say that the the um, Ukraine CERT team alert that, that links some of these uh, is actually, you know, linked to uh, a group called APT28 or Fancy Bear or Pawnstorm. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different names nowadays for hacker groups, uh, and these are attributed to Russia. So be on the be on the lookout because these are kind of uh, coming a little fast and furious, uh, and I'm sure that these will continue to grow as time continues to grow. So um, it's just something you need to keep a lookout for, and you know protect your systems. Uh, once again, this is uh, mostly coming in via phishing campaign. Now the interesting thing is persistence uh, for some of these attacks are very basic. It just downloads files once it gets connection out and moves them into the startup folder and just renames them. Uh, and then every time your computer starts up, it regains its uh, link into the system. So make sure you're um, not clicking on things you shouldn't click because that's really phishing into, you know, into owning your computer. Like most stories we talk about, it's, it's the same kind of attacks over and over again because they work. They are very effective, uh, especially someone who might want to click on a uh, an OnlyFans or a Fansly account. It, it's already halfway there for you. I'm, I'm assuming they'd probably say like a discount or a free or whatever. Uh, you know, those are the kind of things that really do entice people as long as they act quickly and click that link, then they can get whatever they want. Now, I'm going to talk about our second and third stories kind of back to back. We still have the, the divide in them, but they're, they're, they're very close, closely related because both have to do with zero day attacks that you need to be on the lookout for, uh, regardless of your phone carrier, unless you have like Samsung's Tinsian. Uh, if you have an Apple device or you have a device that runs on Androids, um, you need to pay attention to these next two stories. So Apple has released a new update which fixes two zero-day exploits, one in the image I.O. Uh, application and one in the wallet application. Now, these were found by the University of... Or I'm sorry, one of them was found by the University of Toronto's Citizen Lab, uh, which sounded the alarm last week about hackers using a malicious attachment. Now, if you don't know about Citizen's Lab, um, they've they've been in the news for a couple different things. They're, uh, they, they, they're very big onto the mobile malware scene. Uh, they are... Um, ones who had a part in finding out about some uh, notorious malware that was being used by governments out there. Uh, and they were the ones who find it and help uh, bring it around. So they're very good on um, finding and you know getting to the root of malware. 
for, for those of you who didn't know, the ones I'm talking about is the Pegasus spyware, the real spyware. It's actually spyware the governments were using uh, against their own citizens, um, where it, you know, put itself on your computer or on your phone, and there was no nothing you could tell unless you were, you know, looking for it specifically uh, in the, the, you know, system files. And it was able to do everything. Get your pictures, text messages, listen to your, your microphone, all that stuff. So they have found one of these... Um, one of these uh, zero days, they're saying, hey, look, hackers are actually using this. And the zero day allowed them to execute some unwanted code on an Apple uh, smartphone and tablet. Um, and as I said, Citizens Lab has the credentials for this because they, they found Pegasus in the past, which was traced back to a cyber intelligence firm um, that's based in Israel, but is not Israeli government, uh, though I'm pretty sure they work closely with each other. Um, but, as I said, they're, they're who you want to find this stuff. Um, and not only is this in uh, Mac iOS devices, or Apple iOS devices, this also affects Mac OS devices, um, allowing some things uh, like a buffer overflow to attack, which might allow them to run some code that, once again, Apple doesn't want them to run. Uh, this, this one, the Mac OS version, just specifically targets the uh, Mac OS Ventura, and they can do this by crafting image files. So this isn't like a code that you're double clicking like you would, like we've heard normally on Windows computers, like the last story. This is just a image file that once it loads, runs code that shouldn't be run. Um, so if you wanna make sure that you're safe with an Apple product, make sure that you are on the following versions of the Mac OS stuff. So if you're on iOS 16.6.1 or newer, you're good. If you're on iPad uh, OS 16.6.1 or newer, you're good. If you're on Mac OS Ventura 13.5.2 or newer, you're good. Make sure also outside of those, just those huge versions update, any security updates that come through, you make sure that you uh, update those as well. Now, if you're wondering what that translates into, um, I kind of have it broken down for you. If you have an iPhone 8 or late, later, you may be vulnerable. Uh, all models, models of the iPad Pro, iPad Air 3rd generation and later, iPad 5th generation and later, and iPad Mini 5th generation later. Those are all the ones, but luckily there's a patch and you can apply it and then breathe, you know, at, well, as much as you can on relaxing. Once again, you do this so that they can't run uh, unauthorized access on your devices and, and honestly at this point aren't our mobile devices pretty much the most important or the center of our social life you know your emails your text your phone calls they're all in there and uh you want to patch this vulnerability up as quick as possible now for our third story and just like the last one it involves mobile devices so, but this one was found by actually Google's own Project Zero, which is a, a subset of Google that looks for vulnerabilities, alerts the people who created this, this software, there's a vulnerability, uh, and then uh, responsibly discloses it uh, at a certain period of time. So Google's Project Zero, testing their own environment, found about 18 zero-day flaws, four of them serious, uh, and they impact specifically uh, the Exynos chipset. 
And the reason I say specifically that chipset is because there are other devices out there. Um, for example, Samsung uh, that use another, where is it here? Another, a Qualcomm, they use Qualcomm chipsets. Um, so some Samsung things are not impacted by this, but if you use one that has an X, Exynos, EXYNOS chipset, well then you need to be aware of this because out of those 18 flaws, four of them tend to be very serious. Uh, and they allow code to be executed remotely. And yes, all code ends up getting, you know, usually from a hacker gets triggered remotely. Uh, but the one the thing about this one is these flaws, you don't have to do anything to interact with them. It just works, uh, which is very scary. Now, I did find, and we do have in the show notes here, um, Samsung actually released a security advisory about this. As I said, most of them doesn't apply to because they use Qualcomm modems, but you have to check to make sure. Uh, they put a security advisory out about this, and they call it CVE 2023-24033, which has a CVSS score of 5.9 out of 10, so kind of mid-range on this. Uh, and they say, which I thought was pretty interesting, the baseband software does not properly check the format type of uh, attributes uh, specified by the SDP, which can lead to a denial of service, meaning your phone won't be able to do anything or be able to get the code it needs to get, or... Um, code execution in you know the, the the root of the device so very bad thing based on the um, chipsets that may be out there another one that was mentioned was uh, CVE 2023-35674 I don't have a CVSS score for this one um, but it may actually be actively targeted and used so yeah um, once again the bad guys are, are quite ahead of this than, than most other people um but I will say the good thing about this is there seven of the flaws of the 18 were in their framework. They are resolved. 14 of the flaws were in Android system module. They are solved. Um, and two of the flaws were in the media provider component, which um, is not the core. So it wasn't updated via the normal methods. It was like actually updated from the Google Play Store. So please go to the Google Play Store and make sure that your phone is, uh, is, is updated. All the applications you have on there are updated. Um, security patches. The same goes for as, as the Apple ones. Make sure everything is updated to the most correct version to make sure that you're not exploited in this and people run code um, that you don't want them to run. And it, it could be spyware, like we talked about in the last one, or it could even be just malware. Like, you know, something that runs like a coin miner or clicking ads. We, we've talked about all these stories through the show in previous shows. And these are all things they can do without your knowledge, which will drain the battery and possibly, you know, lower the life of your phone because they're running the stuff in the background and you don't know. You don't necessarily always see the stuff. Or they may be using your phone as an as an output to attack someone else. So please, just make sure you're updating your stuff and, and that's the best way of making sure that you stay safe. Now for our final story, and this, this is the one that's, that's been juicy, it's been sitting around. Uh, most people on one level or another have heard about it, um, but now we're getting a little more information about it. So, so there was a big story, I, I want to say, end of last month, beginning of this month, about a Chinese hacker who had broke into Microsoft and they were sitting there and they were able to get access to government entities and stuff like that. So what we found out is that, that they have attributed the Chinese-based uh, uh, threat actor, they're calling them uh, Storm0558, uh, and... Through this all, the only thing you have to know is really they gained access to a Microsoft account cryptographic key. So how it makes the the encryption 
that the system uses. And they gained this access to this key back in 2021. We're in 2023, 2021, quite a while. Uh, and through having this key, they were able to decrypt things that they probably shouldn't have had access to. Uh, some of this is, is U.S. State Department, U.S. Commerce Department, some other departments. I think there's about 20, I think I remember hearing about 20 or so um, entities that were spied upon. Uh, and it's pretty interesting to, uh, 25 organizations, sorry, 25 organizations that were targeted. Uh, the compromise, the, the timeline's starting to become clear. So in April of 2021, um, a consumer signing system, something that, that signs certificates for, for the consumer end, crashed. Now, the Microsoft signing uh, key was being inadvertently leaked into the dump of that crash data. So, you know, when, when systems crash, you get that blue screen on your, your, your screen sometimes. There is a file that is created that gives, you know, someone who knows what they're looking at an idea of why that system crashed. Uh, and this is what happened here, but this one actually had the encryption key as part of the information that was dumped. Um, now, they did have systems that were supposed to remove sensitive data like this, but it, it just, for some reason, didn't work. Um, that crash data was moved to a debugging environment. Um, and then sometime after that, um, Storm 0558 compromised a Microsoft's engineer's corporate account which led to them getting the key. Now, in July of 2023, Microsoft said, hey, yeah, look, there was this thing, you know, they, they got access to a Microsoft corporate engineer's account. We're good. They didn't mention that, you know, this person got the key. I don't know if they knew about it or didn't know about it, but the hacker got the key and Microsoft didn't say anything. On September 6th of uh, 2022, or no, I'm sorry, September 6th of 2021, uh, forensic uh, analyst or analysis of the uh, crash data was published. The compromised corporate account likely had access to the debugging environment. Um, the MSQ was stored there due to log retention policies. They don't have data to find out where this person exfiltrated the data to, um, or what what else might have been accessed. Uh, the hacker um, 0588 used a um, zero day to target a API call called get access token for resources API. Uh, this API was provided by Microsoft back in 2018 to help customers using their consumer and enterprise uh, applications. Um, so if you're a consumer or enterprise, this, this, this API was supposed to bridge both of those systems, which for Microsoft was probably a great idea, but for a hacker is a way to kind of pivot from one system to another. Uh, in July, uh, July 21st, um, there was a uh, researcher, the head of research over at Wiz called Shamir Tamari, uh, said the threat actor may have been able to access various Microsoft services, including Outlook, SharePoint, uh, OneDrive, and Teams, as well as customers' applications, all that relied upon Microsoft's uh, account authentication because they had the key to be able to do this. Now, I should say that is... Wiz's uh, head of research's thought. Microsoft hasn't said this. They've kind of been like, well, they only have access to X amount of things. So just be aware of what that is. Now, Microsoft has since fixed the um, the API to accept only uh, tokens issued from the Azure AD or MSA, respectively. 
Um, and they revoked all of the encryption signing keys that were there previously. Uh, so that only the new keys work. If you have the compromise key, it no longer works, meaning a whole bunch of people had to go into systems and kind of re-get things to work. And as I said, the key, according to Microsoft, was only used to be able to gain access to Exchange Online and Azure Active Directory. <sighs> and let, Microsoft now calls that Entra-ID, but Azure Active Directory is probably where you're more familiar with it. And, you know, 25 mostly government agencies were attacked by this. And it goes somewhere to show, and I'm not saying don't use Microsoft. Microsoft is a key thing. You, know, you can't really get away with it. Um, but the interesting part is, is it shows you that when a cloud vendor goes wrong, um, it's just like any normal system. Now, granted, cloud is, you know, inherently safer as long as you follow their, uh, you know, the best practices and the standards that are set forward, you're generally safe. But on this end, even if you followed all those, because the core key in which the entire system relied upon was stolen, they were able to pull apart the encryption and view the data as clear text. And this was not something that any end user did or any, 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 any company that was an end user of Microsoft. This was an issue with Microsoft. And, you know, I, I, they had things in place and you'll find this a lot with, you know, incident response is they had a lot of plans in place that for one reason or another failed. And it's usually not a fault of one. It's several things that have gone wrong for a incident to take place. Um, but it goes to show you that a, a an attacker will take the time and wait. Because this, this, this was 2021, and we're just learning about the full story now in 2023. We'll take the time to sit in a system if the, if the prize is good enough. And we've talked about you know the risk-reward balance that hackers have to go through. Um, if you're curious, you can always go back to um, that show. But... Think of it like a business. From this hacker's viewpoint, this cryptographic key was 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 the holy grail. It gave them access to everything they wanted. Uh, but they waited. Uh, and God knows how long they were in the system before they found this key. Uh, it was it was in in, in, a, in a in a dump environment so that they could sit there and really pull the and figure out what what caused this crash. So it sat there for a while. This hacker, for some reason, somehow found it, and waited long enough to find a, a flaw in, in, in an API call between two different consumer and enterprise systems to be able to utilize. Uh, and I'm sure the hacker utilizing this probably understood that better than some people at Microsoft. I want to say everyone. I'm sure there's very bright people who designed this who might have known there might have been a flaw or by bridging these there was, there was a thing. But it made sense to write this code so that if you had a consumer app, you could easily make it over to an enterprise. It was a business call that made sense, but led to a breach somewhere down the line that no one could have predicted. Maybe someone. I would say no one. Majority of people wouldn't have predicted it because this, it, said it was just a, a, a nice slither to get to the end. But it's just something you need to think about when choosing cloud providers, especially the ones that have their own encryption key or know your encryption key. Because why this was never intended, it got leaked and someone was able to use it. Um, same, you know, in any environment where 
the vendor holds that encryption key. So if you hold your own and the vendor doesn't know about it, that's that's something you really need to think about because that way, even if they get access, then as long as they don't have your key, then you're fine. Uh, I want to apologize for uh, kind of a short show this week. Um, there's a lot of things going on, trying to get back into the swing of things after several weeks of being off. Uh, but but is that, it's almost a half hour, so we're, we're almost on for our usual uh, half hour stint. Um, but please make sure you go to our website, cybersecuritynewsbyte.com, where you can find the show notes for the show, which is the not just the links in which I got this show uh, news stories from, but kind of my quick um, notes I took to kind of help me read through when the stories are, are on the air here. Um, but you can find all that information there, cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can always talk to me, uh, me at jimguckin.com. Feel free to email me. Um, you can also go to my own website, jimguckin.com, or uh, find us on any of your um, normal podcast software. We, we should be on most of them. If there's not one, email me, and I'll make sure it gets on there. Or you can uh, follow us or subscribe on um, my YouTube channel, youtube.com um, slash jimguckin. Uh, we have a video version of the podcast there, so you can see me talk in all my glory. Um, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay safe online, and we'll talk again next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 